You're listening to the Full and Thriving Podcast, a place where courageous women come to break free from food obsession, heal their relationship with their body, and strive to live a life that's present, lighthearted, and meaningful. If you're listening, my wish is that this podcast serves as a catalyst that inspires you to nourish your body, nurture your mind, and energize your spirit. I'm your host, Meg McCabe, a certified life coach and eating disorder recovery coach with a PhD in having a good time. Just kidding about that last part. Anyway, thank you so much for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Full and Thriving podcast. I have a solo show for you And I am just feeling so amazing this morning. I actually recently bought a gratitude journal and also a normal journal because I'm a big journaling fan. And this gratitude journal has me write down at the end of the day good things that happened in the day and also asks me to acknowledge the emotions I've felt. And it has this cool little list of emotions, and I can check off the ones that I felt for the day. And I have to say that there have been so many days recently where I have checked off the box joy, which honestly, earlier this year and for years previously, that felt almost impossible for me to access just because my previous relationship was so challenging and it was always blocking me from feeling aligned with pure joy. So just being more free and aligned with that feels so amazing. And I've also been spending time with friends that I've had for a lifetime, just moving back home and being with people I have like a history with and embracing the outdoors. The weather has been amazing. I've been actually listening to music that I've felt too fragile to listen to in years. And by that, I mean, I had to consciously avoid songs by Taylor Swift and other artists because they would just crack me open and I would start to cry because I was going through something, you know? And anyway, I'm listening to music again that have beautiful lyrics that feel sad and I'm okay with it. And it's just so nice. I don't feel like so emotionally vulnerable in that way anymore. I've also started to engage in joyful movement again, which I've never been like a serious, consistent athlete. Exercise was part of my eating disorder a bit, but it was never a huge issue for me. And so I've just kind of reconnected with movement again. It seems to ebb and flow in my life, but I've engaged in joyful movement again. I'm actually starting to do cycle bar, which is like a spin class that feels like the club. (laughs) And honestly, it is so much fun. I'm also there for the music and for the inspirational talks that the instructors give and for the fun. So things are going really well for me, and I've got to say something. I've finally reached the point where I can fully feel the benefits 
of doing the hard thing and going through the breakup earlier this year. And you guys who are fans of the show know that I ended my almost five-year relationship in March of 2022. And I feel so relaxed, calm, aligned, and connected to peace now. And of course, when I made that decision to end the relationship, I knew there would be months of pain and struggling and grief and healing that would have to take place to get to this point. So it's actually really cool because my therapist, who I've been seeing weekly since June of 2021, so I started working with him months and months before the breakup. I didn't even know if that was in the cards. I didn't even know what to do. I just knew he was a relationship specialist and I needed someone to talk to and process things. So I've been meeting with this therapist weekly, and recently we've tapered down to every other week. And our calls and therapy feel like more of a celebration, like we're both on the other side of this. And it's really nice. I feel like he looks at me and is like proud of all the work I've done and can see the growth. And together we've had this shared goal of making me become fully myself, feel like a whole person. And I really do feel like I'm showing up as a whole woman in life, which feels amazing. So I'm doing great. And I hope you guys are doing great too. This is your reminder that it is worth it to do the things you are afraid of. And you should never settle for a relationship or situations you're not feeling honored or respected in, and you should not be settling for your suffering. You must do the hard things, and doing the hard things is how you honor yourself. Do not keep yourself stuck or trapped in a situation where you are suffering. You need to do the hard thing. This is how you build up your own sense of self-trust, your sense of trust in the universe or God, and your own self-confidence. So you must face the painful short-term in order to get to the peaceful long-term. And this is truly the only way to live. And I have promised myself that I will always be living this way. It is so worth it to do the hard thing. So guys, you're getting me feeling like really, I don't know, in my feels today, which is exciting. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you got some inspiration from that. And I also wanted to tie everything I just shared in with the topic for today. So today, I want to talk about what to do when you're feeling stuck in recovery. And I, first of all, want to acknowledge that This is a typical place many people end up in. I see this often. So if you feel like you're stuck and you're beating yourself up, just know that you're not alone and this is part of the process. There are very few people who can just rocket ship out of recovery. Recovery has moments and bursts of energy and progress and periods of stagnation and stuckness. And if you're feeling stuck, 
there are things you can do to get out of it. So today I have a list of eight things I want you to keep in mind that we'll be going through together today that will help you break free from feeling stuck. And before I dive in, I want to say that one of my favorite pieces of advice for people in this place is to have patience with yourself and your own recovery process. Remember that your recovery process is unique and special to you. It's going to be messy, scary, and often discouraging, but your recovery can also be beautiful and eye-opening. So have the patience for yourself. Have the self-compassion. And remember that everyone's recovery looks different. So if you feel like yours is taking too long, remember there's really no way to judge what that means. And all of that is relative. So some people work towards recovery for decades. It's not always just a year, just six months. This takes as long as it takes for you. And it, we don't know how long that's going to be. So have patience for yourself. Take a deep breath. And as long as you don't give up, you will make it through. Okay? So let's talk about tip number one. So tip number one for what to do when you're feeling stuck is reconnect with your why. Your why can be big reasons or small reasons. Typically, when I work with my one-on-one coaching clients, I have them list out every reason, the big and the small. So for instance, when I did this myself, when I was going through recovery, I made this big list of anything I could think of. And my small thing on that list, one of them was I can eat cheesecake again without feeling guilt because I love the Cheesecake Factory. I freaking love all the variety of cheesecake they have. It's amazing. I still do. That was on my list. And it's a little small thing, right? But to me, it mattered and it was part of my vision of getting better. And then my big reasons were I want to get my period back so that I can have a family or I want to stop obsessing over food. I want my brain space back. So write down all of your reasons why. Put them all out on paper if you can. And share this with the people around you. Talk about your why with your family, your friends, your therapist, your coach, your dietitian. Journal about it. If you need to, I actually recommend that you record your voice reading your vision statement or paragraph out loud and listen to that vision and your why over and over again. So that one's important. And I think it's important for you to share your why with people around you so that when you're feeling really discouraged, they can reconnect to that and remind you of why you're doing this. So that's the big one that I want you to think about first. Tip number two is that if you're feeling stuck, you need to be processing your fears in therapy. When there's heavy resistance involved, it's important to unpack this resistance. And often I find many people's fears are linked to a feeling. So that at the end of the day, the scariest thing is really a feeling you're avoiding. So for instance, many folks in recovery are 
afraid to eat more because they're afraid of feeling out of control. So the fear isn't actually eating more. It's the fear of feeling out of control. So if you focus on recovery and learn to cope with yourself when you are feeling out of control, you can overcome that fear. So facing that fear requires you to face that emotion and practice facing that emotion by exposing yourself to what you are afraid of. So if you are afraid of eating more because you feel like you're going to be out of control, you actually need to eat more to the point where you actually are feeling out of control so that you can practice coping with that feeling and that experience. And in recovery, coping skills, learning how to tolerate the emotions that you typically avoid is crucial. So therapy and being able to process your fears and therapy will help you become more clear on what needs to do so that you can heal. And also processing these fears will help you tap into those emotions that you are freaking out about, right? The ones that you're really afraid of. So be honest with what's going on with your team. And remember, you might have to process your fears multiple times. It's not like you're showing up to a session and saying, we're going to talk about my fears today and then I'm done with it. That's a very transactional, emotionally avoidant way to do this. Like you might need to spend weeks or months processing your fears in therapy to dissolve that resistance of taking action, right? And moving past that. So again, tip number two is processing your fears in therapy. Tip number three on what to do when you are feeling stuck is to make smaller goals and break down your actions even more than you are now. So if you are feeling stuck, it might often come down to feeling overwhelmed by the tasks set by your team, or maybe you've agreed to do things that essentially you're not quite ready to do. So for instance, if you want to stop chewing and spitting, which is a common eating disorder behavior, it might be unreasonable for you to set the goal to stop this behavior cold turkey. A more reasonable goal would be to try to stop for one day that week to start or even for one meal, depending on how strong your eating disorder is at that point. But make it as small as you can. You know, if that was the example of I want to stop chewing and spitting, focus on actually swallowing and sitting with food in your body and making it small, noticing the difference of how that feels. And it's okay. Honestly, sometimes before we even set action-taking goals in recovery, there's even a stage where you can observe your eating disorder behaviors. And even that in itself is a small goal you can set that is like not requiring you to face that fear quite yet. You're just opening the door to it. So that might look like if you are someone who is purging regularly, just tracking on the notes app in your phone 
when that happens, perhaps what triggered you and the emotions you felt, right? And then noticing the patterns for a week or two and then building up the confidence to face that goal and minimize and eventually eliminate that behavior with your team. So again, you should be doing all of this work with some sort of care team that has a therapist, dietitian, coach, doctor. You can create the team that works best for you. And if you need help with goal setting, I really recommend that you turn to professionals to support you in this. So again, there's we want to honor those small goals that you set. And there is no such thing as breaking it down to something too small if you are seriously, seriously feeling frozen with fear. I'd rather you be celebrating wins and building up your confidence that way than setting these lofty, massive goals that feel impossible and just overwhelm you. Okay, number four for eight things to do when you are feeling stuck is take a break and rest and embrace self-care. So when you're feeling stuck, it might be an indicator that more self-care is necessary. And I really cannot stress this enough. If you're feeling burnout, if you're feeling exhausted, allowing yourself to rest and be still is crucial in recovery. You cannot go 200 miles per hour and collapse at the end of every day and then expect yourself to go through a massively transformational healing process. Healing requires slowing down and being gentle with yourself. So it's okay to stop exercising or going to the gym during recovery It's okay to take time away from school. It's okay to take time off of work if you're lucky enough to have the resources to do that. You can do whatever you need to take things off your plate and just rest and be still. You are not lazy for taking a break and resting. And when I say taking a break in recovery, I don't mean spiraling backwards and allowing yourself to slip. I mean, getting to a point where you are just maintaining so that you can rest and heal and build up that energy so that you can face the next recovery battle. So again, I say this all the time on the show, rest is productive. People like scoff at me when I say that, but I completely view it that way. I believe that 100%. When you're sitting on the couch, reading a book or listening to music or doing nothing or watching Netflix, you are recharging your battery so that you can have more energy to face life and recovery later on. It is smart for you to take breaks. It is wise for you to rest. There is nothing wrong with it. It actually will make you a better person. (laughs) Nobody can show up and be their best self if they're completely burned out or going 200 miles per hour and can't take time to be present. So practice stillness, practice rest, massively important for 
when you are feeling stuck and for when you're not. It's just something that needs to be incorporated. So that's number four. Okay, number five is a doozy for some of you all, and that is if you are feeling stuck, consider a higher level of care. There will be periods in which you feel stuck and you have the appropriate resources and support to get through that stuck period. However, you do not want to stay stuck for a very long time and you don't want to keep progressively getting worse either. If you are feeling stuck or you feel like you're slipping backwards, there is nothing wrong with choosing a higher level of care. So that could be inpatient hospitalization, that could be residential treatment, it could be some sort of intensive outpatient treatment, it could be partial outpatient, or you can have a full outpatient team that you piece together yourself. There are so many options. So ask yourself, what do I need to add into this recovery process if I am feeling stuck or slipping back? What resources are available to me? And of course, I completely understand recovery requires so many resources. So ask yourself again, have I asked for help? Have I utilized the free resources out there? For instance, in the United States, we have Project HEAL, which provides treatment scholarships to folks in need. There's also the Butterfly Foundation in Australia. And then there's Beat Eating Disorders in the UK. They're amazing resources that I want you to take advantage of. There are also individual treatment centers and coaches who offer free support. So it is possible to find something that works for you. And then also, if you do have the resources, recognize that investing in your recovery is the most valuable thing you can do. I use this example all the time. Oprah Winfrey had disordered eating her entire life. She struggled with body image stuff. She struggled with diet cycling. And she has all the money in the world. And there are parts of me, there are times that I wish I had that sort of financial freedom and success. But at the end of the day, I have so much wealth in the fact that I have reached recovery, that I have reached body acceptance, that I have been able to get something so valuable. So again, if you can't feel like you can justify spending the money on your recovery, what is your full and thriving life worth to you? And Another thing I just want to add here is, remember when you went to college, if you did have that privilege of going to school and paying for classes, many folks in the United States have paid thousands and thousands of dollars for education in this lifetime that didn't really amount to much. You just blindly threw your money at these institutions so that you could get a degree. I'm telling you, there are the act of investing in your own recovery is more valuable than investing in those basic classes in college that they all forced you to take and spend thousands of dollars on that you will never look at again, right? So if you're willing to spend 
three grand on a stats class and your future has nothing to do with statistics, maybe you can invest in your own recovery on a therapist or an outpatient program or residential, and it will transform your life, right? It is an investment. And I didn't realize I was going to be going off on a little tangent about this, but it is worth it. Definitely consider a higher level of care if you are stuck. And do your research. Find a program you feel comfortable with. Find one that does a good job validating your experience. Find one that's anti-diet and haze-informed. And make sure you educate yourself and do some research before you make that investment. Number six on what to do when you're feeling stuck is consider mental health medication. There is nothing wrong with incorporating medication into your recovery treatment plan if needed. Sometimes your anxiety and depression is too strong, and sometimes the chemicals in your brain are too overwhelming and imbalanced for you to actually eat regularly. And sometimes being stuck for a long period of time is an indicator of that. So there is really nothing wrong with taking medication, and there is nothing wrong with you if you choose to use mental health medication to support your recovery. I have seen the proper medication transform someone's ability to eat. So for instance, medication might be helpful to get your anxiety levels down enough so that eating regularly and enough is more possible for you day to day because I've seen anxiety get people into constant spirals where they're swept off their feet. And medication can get you to a place of a bit more stability so that you can eat and feed yourself without all of those fears, right? Without the crippling anxiety. I've also heard so many people say that they suffered for years without medication and wish they had gotten on it sooner. So of course, this is a highly individualized and personalized choice. Your reasons for not taking medication is valid. Your reasons for taking medication are valid. And I highly recommend that you talk to your doctor or psychiatrist about this option. And just a small little reminder here, when you do get medication to manage your mental health, you must take that medication consistently in order to experience the true benefits of that. So there is a level of consistency that is required. So if you are struggling with your medication right now, Is it because you're only using it when you feel like it? You know, if it's required to be taken regularly and you're not taking it regularly, how do you know if you're actually experiencing what it's meant to do for you? So something to keep in mind, there seems to be some stigma around taking medication. And I just want to say, I have all the compassion for you and I support your choice in what you choose to do with yourself in this area of recovery. Okay, number seven for what to do when you're feeling stuck. 
is to seek inspiration from others. So in recovery, it is really important to find role models who have been through it themselves or are a few steps further along in their recovery process than you are. And I think there are so many super positive resources out there that make this possible. And to be honest, the feeling of inspiration is what can spark motivation and change, which is why I think seeking inspiration is so important. And one of the best ways to do this is through reading recovery books, listening to podcasts like this one, watching YouTube channels that are recovery-focused and run by professionals. Of course, you must use your best discretion here. And my general rule of thumb is if you're absorbing recovery content and you see that they're posting before and after photos or creating what I eat in a day videos, they're probably not well-informed enough or well-trained in eating disorder recovery. So take that in and ask yourself, am I absorbing the appropriate inspiration that I need? Again, I do want to highlight that when you seek inspiration from others who are recovered, it will provide the proof to you that recovery is possible. And if they can do it, you can do it too. And if you like to make yourself the exception and the unicorn, just try to knock yourself down a few pegs and say, you know, they can do it. I can do it. I don't want to take on this unicorn identity. I have proof that recovery is possible from X, Y, and Z person. And I'm going to take that as I can do it too. And as a coach, I think that one of my strengths is that I have lived experience of eating disorder recovery as well. So I can truly understand and empathize with the thoughts and feelings that many of my one-on-one -on -one clients and members of the Recovery Collective have. Try to include as many people in your treatment team as possible who are recovered so you can feel that inspiration and possibility that feels essential in recovery. And number eight is honestly checking in with yourself and asking, are you not pushing yourself enough? <laughs> and this feels like a really tender final piece that I want to end with all of you today. I want you to be honest with yourself and check in and ask, are you really working at your recovery or are you faking it and going through the motions? I have spoken to folks who are recovered now and admit that there were many years where they weren't actually as invested in the process as they let on, and they actually claimed that they were faking recovery to appease others, and they were also being really dishonest with themselves. So this might not have been a conscious manipulation, it was they were just avoiding their own self-honesty. Many folks dance around the recovery action out of fear, and I completely understand how fear can prevent someone from moving forward. However, if you're canceling sessions frequently because you don't feel like it, or you're not being honest with your team, or you're not showing up consistently to do this work because you don't really want to, or you're having a bad day, you need to be willing to 
start showing up and pushing through all of that. Recovery starts to actually happen with consistent, courageous energy. You need to have a courageous energy when you push through recovery. And the thing is, only you know if you're truly pushing yourself or not. Nobody can tell you. Are you letting too much slide? Are you letting the eating disorder sneak in and hijack the situation more than you want it to be? Are you not setting boundaries with your eating disorder? Are you not allowing yourself to take action? And are you just letting yourself feel comfy some days because it all just feels too hard? And unfortunately, recovery requires constant battle. And I do know that breaks are important, and breaks are really important if you are actually pushing yourself, right? But if you're kind of in that place of just feeling comfy and going through the motions, maybe you do need that little kick in the butt to move forward. So remember, I'm going to quote my old high school swim team coach here, you must get comfortable with being uncomfortable in recovery. That is required, and it must be a daily feeling. And before I let you go, I did want to end with a beautiful metaphor that I heard Dr. Jennifer Gaudiani share on her Gaudiani Clinic Instagram recently. And she posted a metaphor about feeling burnout and exhaustion and feeling stuck in recovery on her Instagram. And it was all about swimming past the breakers. And I wanted to kind of summarize that because I think it's really beautiful and important for this episode. If you're feeling stuck in recovery, there's a chance that you've been swimming in the breakers of the ocean. So that's the section of the ocean where the waves are constantly strong and, you know, there's the white foam and all of that, and it's just tossing you around. And in this state, in recovery, when you're in the breakers, you're experiencing drastic highs and lows and committing to various parts of recovery here and there, but not consistently. And bad days just wipe you off your feet, and you're just surviving when you're in the breakers, right? It's this huge energy expense, emotional ups and downs, but you're not really going anywhere. In recovery, you must push yourself past the breakers. You must have the courage to swim beyond those, no matter how scary it feels, And once you're past the breakers, you can reach a state of more calm. Yes, there will be swells in the ocean that you must withstand and overcome once you're past the breakers, but you can actually peacefully float over those instead of feel like you're drowning. So there will be a point in your recovery when you recognize that you'd rather push past your fears and get past the breakers then stay stuck in them and keep getting tossed around. There will be that tipping point where you've been pushed around by the waves enough that you eventually have the courage to push through the waves once and for all and get to the other side. So try to have that internal courage, that, like I said, courageous energy, that fighter mentality. You're going to push yourself further than you have in the past. And I know you can do it because you're here listening to this podcast, dedicating this time to building yourself up, right? Everything you do in your recovery is going to 
bring you closer to that moment when you can push past the breakers. So get that energy and see what you can do. All right. So there you have it. There are the eight things you can do when you're feeling stuck in recovery. And remember, if you're feeling stuck and this podcast has been helpful to you, I'd like to encourage you to use the application in the show notes of this episode to set up a free consultation to work with me or another recovery coach. Some of my recovery clients are doing really well and they're in a good place and I'll soon be transitioning them to a place where they no longer need to be working with me regularly. And I feel really excited to invite you all to apply and see if we can be a good fit. And on another note, I also wanted to remind you that myself and Anne Claire have a YouTube channel and we are putting out regular recovery videos every week on the weekend. And you can submit your recovery questions there and we will answer them or at least as many as we can. So we just posted an episode this weekend on physical and mental hunger. You definitely want to check that one out. It's doing really well, so I think people can relate to it. All right. With that, I just want to say have an amazing day, and thank you so much for listening, and I will catch you next time on the show. 